Welcome back to the Wire Podcast. I am here with my dad, and today it is like the night before the draft, and so I'm going to be doing my final mock draft. Now, this mock draft is not a predictions mock draft. This is a what I would do mock draft if I were the GMs of this franchise. Uh, me and Thomas actually did this a few weeks back, um, and I, I'm doing a second version. This is much better than my first version. My first one actually was uh, pretty crappy, but I'm pretty confident in all my picks this time. Um, so I, I'm I'm really excited about this. I was I've I've been working on this for weeks. So yeah, I was gonna ask you how long have you been working on this? So after we did our first one, shortly after that, I wanted to do a final one, and I was either gonna do it on a podcast or a video. Mm-hmm. But I, I did want to do a final mock draft. Right. So I've watched like a lot of a lot of these players. Um, I've watched every single player in the in my first round. And a lot more. So uh, I, I am ready. Well, good deal. Good deal. Well, I know uh, you, you've done a lot of hard work. I know you and Thomas both have been and uh, working real hard on this, uh, on all the picks and strategy and team needs. And uh, so I know you're you're ready. And I know you're going to have a solid first round ready tonight. So yeah. So with that, yeah. we'll uh, go ahead. We did, a, we did a lot more work this year. Last year we weren't as prepared. No, we yeah. were definitely more prepared this year. And I think you you probably agree with me. I think there's more talent out there overall, uh, especially in the first round. It's going to be a pretty deep second round. Uh, It just seems like there's just more depth of talent this year in this draft than there has been the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, I don't really remember all the second round picks last year, but it's just like going into the third round this year, there's quality guys. There's players you can plug into your lineup day one who can be right. who can be quality starters. It's real like the second round, like is the draft is gonna be much must watch uh, tomorrow and Friday because there's so much talent even in the second round. So yeah. you're not gonna be able to take your eyes off the screen. It is crazy. This is right. a really talented draft. Now I don't know if there's like like super super like super duper stars at the top of the draft. I don't know if a lot of these guys have the potential to be Hall of Famers. Uh, but, man, it's just a deep class. Gotcha. Well, well, let's get started. Uh, let's let's don't uh, let it linger any longer. Let's get go ahead and get started. Now, I can either – I'm going to emcee this thing, and I'm going to let you do your magic. Uh, and I can either uh, be the uh, – like Chris Berman, the studio host, or I can be the Commissioner Goodell – but if I'm the commissioner of Goodell, you need to pump in some booze. Yeah, we need to pump in some booze. We need some booze for this pod. That's right, because, uh, you, you know. Can, you can just – you don't have to do Roger Goodell. We, okay. We don't, we don't like Roger Goodell on this podcast. So. Well, I pro- my self-esteem would probably uh, come down a little bit with all the booing in the background if I was going to be Roger. So I'll just be uh, the regular MC. So with that being said, let's get it started. You're going to be – you're going to put on your GM hat. You're yes. going to represent all the teams that are picking in, in the first round at each slot uh, as if you're their general manager. And tell me this real quickly, your strategy, are you picking uh, uh, as to what you think their team, their need is the most, or are you picking like who, who you, what your desire would be for each team? How are you going about this? Okay, so I take into account um, team needs, uh, cap space and um, scheme fits for each of these yes. teams, and Correct. 
So, um, and then there's some positions I value, I value more than others. Like I value quarterbacks, tackles, and edge rushers the most. Right. Okay. Uh, and so you'll see that in this draft, in this mock. Uh, but that's basically how I did it. Just if I were a GM, I would go best player available, like every single pick. But I, sure. I didn't do this in this mock. So like I, I, I do take into consideration like future, future free agency. Um, your your biggest team needs, and it, I'm not gonna give you a guy if I don't think there's a fit. Okay. If, if the fit is not that good, I'm not gonna give you the guy. Perfect. You've you've done your homework for sure. So, with that being said, first team on the on the clock uh, are the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, they're uh, a team with needs all over the board, and I think that there's not much question as to who their first selection will be uh in in terms of uh who's out there uh uh for them uh the only thing i wanted to say about this before you you jump in is uh wouldn't it be something if the bingles went off the beaten path and took somebody unexpected and just tanked this year <laughs> and got a chance to get trevor next year <laughs> uh yeah, I I thought about this. Now, when the draft, like, in, in during the beginning of the like at the beginning of the of this draft process, I thought um, that I, I really gave it consideration. That like I really thought, hey, maybe the Bengals need to take Chase Young because I'm a huge Chase Young guy. I love him. I think he's uh -huh. the best player in the draft. Um, but when you have a franchise quarterback uh, yep. like Joe Burrow, you got to take him. You can't wait. Right. So, and so with that, being, that guy, he is a fantastic quarterback. Right. So with that being said, you're the general manager of the Cincinnati Bengals. You are going to take. Uh, I'm taking Joe Burrow. Like, this is the easy pick. Um, they, the Bengals are actually not bad. They made a lot of additions to their defense in the offseason. Um, they got like Vaughn Bell. He's a safety. They got um, one of the best nose tackles in the league from the Texans and DJ Reader. Uh, they signed Trey Waynes and Marquise Alexander to be to play corner. They can still add a corner because those guys are like they are great, but they are they're solid. Um, they have a good defensive line, and really all they need now is a franchise quarterback and a reconstructed offensive line. Um, it, you could Chase Young's the best player in the draft, but it's a mistake drafting him because if you get Chase Young. There's no guarantee that you'll get a quarterback um, later in this draft or even next year. Like they, sure. I, like if they keep Andy Dalton, they might be too good to have a top five pick. And if you don't have a top, if you don't have a top two pick next year, you're not getting a quarterback because you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields outside of the top two. So Correct. you got to get your quarterback now. And Joe Burrow is that. Like I have no questions about him. The only question I have is his arm strength. And that's not a big deal to me because he can make every throw. He's accurate. Um, he got. He can make every throw. He throws with anticipation. He throws his guys open. And his best quality is moving outside of the pocket and making plays when the and making plays when plays break down. He was the only quarterback in the in of all the draftable quarterbacks in this class whose uh, passer rating went up uh under pressure which is absolutely ridiculous it, it is this dude is crazy i mean he got all the intangibles and he he just his game elevates when the lights are the brightest i think he's the best quarterback in this class even if to is healthy 
I, it doesn't matter to me. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the class, and I'm taking him number one. Okay. All right. I think I think most everybody's going to agree uh, with you on that. Um, uh, Burrow, the season that he had this past year, unbelievable. And, uh, yeah. and, and you, you said it a while ago, intangible. He's got the intangibles. He's a winner. He's a leader. He's going to command respect in the huddle. Yeah. And uh, so I think I think the folks uh, up there in Cincinnati are going to be excited yeah. about. Yeah, I love future. watching his interviews. Watching Joe Burrow's interviews, he's yeah, a he's confident killer. Yeah. and he's kind of cocky a little bit. Not like over. He's not like over cocky where he's just like this dude's a jerk. No, he's right. confident, and you can tell he's worked super hard over the offseason. You don't have this kind of jump from being an undrafted guy to being the number one pick without working your butt off. And he did oh, absolutely. that. And you can tell in his play. Like, his mechanics were great. His pocket presence was was awesome. His arm strength got better. His accuracy was incredible. He didn't have a game this season with a completion percentage under 70%. This dude was insane. And he had the best – this is the best single season um, – a best single passing season in the history of college football. Absolutely. No, enough said. Yeah. All right, number two. Number yeah, two number on the clock is this the is Washington actually, Redskins. This is actually an interesting pick here because um, Edge is not the biggest need for the Redskins. They Correct. do have uh, Montez Sweat, who they drafted out of Mississippi State last year. He's a, a talented young Edge rusher. They also have um ooh, what's I forgot his name. Um Kerrigan? Yes. yes Ryan Kerrigan. Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan. They have Ker- Kerrigan. Um and they do have a need at quarterback. Um I'm not I'm not the biggest Dwayne Haskins fan, but I will admit that Haskins was great in the second half of the season. Down the stretch, he played really, really well. I'm not gonna take a quarterback and Tua's injuries. Um, scare me a little bit. Those, I, those are a cause for concern to me, especially with his aggressive play style. So I'm not going to take Tua here, even though he has the talent of a number two overall pick. And I'm going to take Chase Young. And uh, Chase Young's the best player in the draft. I've said that already. He's a great pass rusher. It's rare to see a guy with this co- with a combination of his size, his speed, his burst off the line of scrimmage, and then, and then his bend and his flexibility. His ability to flatten his route to the quarterback at seven yards is just insane. And the scary thing is that he's not even as good as he's going to be. Like, he has room to grow. He There were times this season where he uh, he uses this hand swipe where he'll just swipe offensive tackle's hands and arms out of the way. But there were times where he would kind of get tunnel vision with that move, and he would use it even when he could, like, bull rush a guy. Like, if a tackle was exposing their chest, and he had an opportunity to put his hands on the on the tackle's chest and bull rush him, he would still use the hand swipes. That's the only negative I see with him. He's good against the run. You can even put him out in coverage. Like, if you really wanted to, you could play him an outside linebacker in a 4-3, which is crazy. But, yeah, Chase Young, he's the best player in the draft. Ryan Kerrigan's getting older, and so this is kind of like a, a contract management move as well as getting the best player available. Um, so I'm, I'm going to get Ryan Kerrigan's replacement, and we're going to have Chase Young on the um, as a defensive end. Do you buy any of the uh, uh, rumblings out there in the last day or two that uh, the Redskins may be listening to trade offers for this pick uh, to uh, get a King, King's ransom? Because they do have good depth on the defensive line. Honestly, 
like, yes, I think there's, like, a 1% chance they trade the pick because Chase Young is that talented. Uh, but like, they do have needs all over the place. Like, they have needs on their offensive line. Uh, Trent Williams, they're probably going to trade him. They should have already traded him uh, this season, but they decided to keep him for whatever reason. Uh, but he's not coming back to the team. They could trade him for a second-round pick. I mean, they got a lot of needs. They do need the linebacker. They need corner. Um, they could use some more receivers. Uh, running back, I don't think running back's a huge need because they have various guys. Uh, but, like, they need some offensive linemen. They need linebacker. They need corner. They do have a lot of needs on this team. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're not trading the pick. I think they're going to take calls. Cause I think if they – I think there is a package they could they could get that might be worth it. But I don't think that's really that realistic. Right, right. Absolutely. Okay. So Burrow one going one, Chase Young going number two. Next on the clock, the Detroit Lions. Yes, uh, this is also an interesting pick. Uh, we're going to go chalk here. We're going to go Jeff Okuda, corner from Ohio State. But they could go with a lot of players. They could go Isaiah Simmons. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think Isaiah Simmons is as good as everyone thinks he is. Uh, he, he's great. Like He's a top five prospect in the draft. Uh, but he is a little bit raw. Akuda's definitely the better prospect in my eyes. Uh, but they could also go like they could go a totally different route and go like Derrick Brown out of Auburn. Uh, but they traded Darius Slay in the offseason. They traded him to Philly. Uh, and maybe corner. Bad. They got Desmond Trufant. Uh, but Trufant is that's a big drop off from Darius Slay. Trufant's nowhere near as good as him. And they run a lot of man coverage. And Jeff Okuda is the best man corner in the draft. I think you can make an argument that C.J. Henderson or A.J. Terrell is up there with them. Uh, but I think Jeff Okuda, with his with his mechanic, mechanics, um, I mean, his technique is just amazing. He's, he's got great, uh, great technique. He's great at using his hands to not give up inside leverage, put him, get himself back in position if he gets out of position. He's great at uh, – steering receivers routes to the boundary so he ha- so he can use the boundaries as an e- extra defender he's got good ball skills he's a willing tackler he tackles with su- with a surprising amount of power and he's also great in zone so he fits every scheme my one concern about akuda is that his long speed is not the greatest i do think his technique more than makes up for it but um like 448 uh, like 448 speed is not great for a man corner. You would like that to be better. I think he does. Like, on the field, it looks like he runs a faster 40. But, like, the greatest corners of all time were not that slow. They were they were running, like, four three forties, like C.J. Henderson. But I, I, I love Jeff Okuda. He's the best corner in the class. He's, like, as close to perfect as you're ever going to see in a corner prospect. I think he's amazing. I would take him at three, easy. Okay. And there will probably be some uh... – Trade uh, trade talk on that pick as well. I've heard yeah. that uh, being mentioned in the past uh, week or two. Uh, that spot could be uh, a possible trade yeah. uh, piece. But uh, so anyway, okay, all right. Well, that takes us to number four, and that's the New York Giants. Yes. Okay. Speaking of the Lions, if I were the Lions, I would trade out of this pick. I didn't mention this at the beginning of the podcast. There will be no trades in this. 
And the reason I do the my mock drafts this way is because I cannot predict what teams are going to do. I don't know what they right. value. In their, I don't know what their front office values. I don't know what their big board looks like. All I know is what I've seen and what I've evaluated. And yeah, I can't, absolutely. And I can't predict trades. Like, I don't know. I don't know if the Lions are going to trade back. I don't know if the Chargers are going to trade up for two. I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know right. what's, like, what trades are going to happen late in the first round. So I just don't try to predict that. And I just, try to, I just try to make my picks based on my own evaluation. I just want to get, get that out of the way. Um, but with the Giants pick, I'm actually going uh, – this isn't chalk. The chalk is done here. I'm going with Jedrick Wills. Uh, tackle out of Alabama. He's my number one tackle. He he is amazing. And there's been a lot of talk about them possibly taking Isaiah Simmons. Um, and it looks like they they're probably gonna go uh, with a tackle here. I don't know if they do go Wills. I would go Wills. I think Wills is the best tackle in the class. Like I said, he's got great technique. His footwork is off the charts. Um, his hands are fantastic. He's good in the pass. Good against the run. His pass sets are amazing. He doesn't get beat, and he can step in day one and be a great player. He's got a high ceiling, a high floor, and he's. I think he's bust proof. I think he's going to be fantastic in the NFL. And the Giants gave up 48 sacks last year. You, you can't have that. You and their their whole franchise is Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Yeah. You have to protect that. So uh, I would go Judge Wills here. The uh, a lot of mock drafts, as you know, has the, have the Giants picking the kid from uh, Iowa. Yeah. The the tackle. What's his name? I'm sorry. It's uh, Justin Worse. So uh, just compare him with your guy from Alabama. Uh, um, I think Wills is much better than Worms. Like I don't think it's a comparison. Like I, it it's just Wills is ridiculous. He's fantastic. Uh, I like Worms too. I I I think he's a top fifteen pick. I have him going in my top fifteen, um, and I think he's one of the five best tackles in this class. I do like Worms, um, but there's some concerns I have about him that I will talk about when we get to him. Uh, but yeah, Worms is my my number four tackle in this class, and Worms right. is my number one. So there's there's a big gap from Wills to Worms. Okay, we'll tune in. My in. opinion. Okay. Interesting. We'll tune in and see how that goes. Uh, we'll make a note of that. Uh, on to number five, Miami Dolphins. Yes. So in my in my uh, first draft that I, mock draft that I did a few weeks back, I had the Dolphins taking a tackle um, because the the Tua injuries were are are a big concern in my opinion. But you got to get your franchise quarterback at five. You cannot wait till eighteen. You don't know. Like there's teams like the Raiders the Buccaneers even, if they don't have a top tackle available there, that could go quarterback. And you cannot miss out on your franchise guy. They need to get their franchise quarterback. So I'm going Tua. Um, Tua Tungavailoa is a fantastic quarterback. He's the number two quarterback in the class, in my opinion. The the injuries do worry me, which is why I have him sliding to five. But, I mean, he's just so good. The accuracy is there. Um, he's twitchy. He's got a quick release. His ability to go from his first read to his second to his third read as quickly as he does is it, unreal. I think he's a great prospect. Um, like I said, he's accurate. Got his arm strength isn't the best, but like like with her or like with uh, Burrow, he can make every throw. So I'm not worried about that. He's smart. He's a good decision maker. 
Um, my one issue with him is the injuries. I'm really concerned about that. And the issue I'm so con- the reason why I'm so concerned about it is that he does have an aggressive play style. I think he thinks he's more elusive than he actually is. He right. tries to extend plays, and he doesn't hold on to the ball because he doesn't know what to do or what read to make. He he holds on the ball. He holds on to the ball because he wants to make a play. But he's not that elusive. He's not as athletic as I think he believes he is, and that gets him into trouble sometimes. He'll get he'll take unnecessary hits, and that's an issue. If he doesn't clean that up, we could see these injuries return, and he might have an injury prone career. Uh, but I think the risk is worth it at five, especially considering the Dolphins have two more picks in the first round. So they, even if Tua is a bust or turns out to be a bust, they still have two more picks in the first round that they can hit on. So yeah, that's that, why I think the risk is worth it at five. And Tua is so talented. Like he, yeah, in, I don't think in he's any other it. draft, he would be the number one quarterback. Yeah, he he's not he's not going to be a bust because of his abilities. He, right. he he would only be a bust because of of his injuries if they continue to occur. And and I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, he I think he he thinks he's more athletic and elusive than he actually is. And it could come down to uh, maybe if he's coached a certain way. Um, kind of hard to say that you could get better coaching uh, than you did it in Tuscaloosa with Nick yeah. Saban and company, but. You know, in the in the right system with the right quarterback coach and an offensive coordinator, that's going to you know focus on what's good for him. Uh, you know, that might be something good for him and and something that they, they can work on. I agree with you. It's kind of hard to pass on on Tua at, at this pick when the Dolphins need a franchise quarterback, one that they haven't had in a long, long time. Yeah, well, he's been working with Trent Dilfer, who was a former Super Bowl winning quarterback with the Ravens, and uh, he he Trent Dilfer does does some really good work in the Elite Eleven. Um, he's known Tua for a while, and he's been working on him with a whole bunch of things like mechanics and kind of changing his play style a little bit. So maybe they can maybe Dilfer can kind of work on work with Tua on not being as reckless uh, when roaming outside of the pocket and trying to extend plays. Uh, but like I said, you got three picks in the first round, Absolutely. so I, th- I think the risk is worth it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're, that's a good point. You know, they, they've got three picks in the first round. Uh, they can afford to, uh, you know, roll the dice here. And I don't think it's you can say it's rolling the dice picking to a the injury issue. If he had a healthy career at Alabama, uh, he he might be going number one uh, tomorrow night. So right. Anyway. Um, okay. All right, well, that takes us to number six pick, and that goes to the Los Angeles Chargers, who, by the way, rolled out those uh, slick-looking uniforms yesterday. Yes. And uh, so tell us who they are going to select. Yes, so the Chargers have two major needs. They need a quarterback, and they need an offensive tackle. Uh, they brought in Brian Balaga, but he's he's got some injury issues. Um, and I would I would love to go quarterback here. But there is not a quarterback in the, uh, besides Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa that I think is worth taking in the top ten. So I'm not going to take one. Um, and I could go Mackay Mac- Beckton or Andrew Thomas here, but instead I am going to select Isaiah Simmons, a linebacker out of Clemson. Linebacker is a pretty big need for them on defense. And just imagine a defense with Isaiah Simmons and Derwin James. Like it's going if they draft Isaiah Simmons. This would make them the scariest defense in the entire league. 
having to deal with Isaiah Simmons at linebacker and then Derwin James at, at strong safety. And then you can even put Derwin James in the box and let Isaiah Simmons play uh, free safety on some plays. You can do a lot. It gives you a lot of versatility on defense. And it's going to be so hard to run the ball against those guys. And then the passing game, they, they can have such a big impact in both the run game and the pass, passing game. I can't pass this up. This would be insane if they drafted Isaiah Simmons. And I like S- Simmons. Some issues that I had with him, because I did say that he was raw. Um, he takes some pretty terrible angles on tackles. I think he um, kind of takes for granted his athletic ability. And so he's not as intelligent with his with his angles that he takes on tackles. So he'll he'll try to, he'll just use his his speed and his range as a crutch. Um, and so that's an issue. He's also not like amazing in coverage. Like I don't know if he's better than Patrick Queen from LSU in coverage, but his speed, his size, his athleticism, his ability as a his his value as a blitzer, um, his ability to stop the run. Um, and his, 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 the combination of all that, his athleticism, his size, his physical tools, um, along with his versatility, he's a special player. And so mm-hmm. I'm taking him here um, at number six. Okay. Yeah, he's, uh, a lot of people uh, call him the Swiss Army knife because they just uh, stick him at whatever position on defense and, and uh, he, he, he gets it done. So, okay. Uh, on to number seven, uh, the Carolina Panthers, uh, a, new, a new coaching staff, no Cam Newton, no Luke Heakley, uh, uh, and, and they're missing some others uh, as well. So who are you going to go with the uh, Carolina Panthers, number seven? Uh, okay, so Carolina would be a great fit for Isaiah Simmons if he was available because they did lose Luke Heakley. Wow. Luke Keekley in the offseason. He retired uh, suddenly at the age of 30. And one thing about Simmons, I want to go back and talk about him because uh, a lot of people are saying that he is a Swiss Army knife, and he is. He can play, like, all five positions besides defensive, defensive tackle. He can play every position on defense besides that. Um, but I would actually put him at linebacker. Um, I think the farther away you put him from the ball, uh, the less valuable he can be for your team. So I put him at linebacker. And I would play him at linebacker every single play. I think if you if you're saying, "Hey Simmons, play linebacker on this play," and one play later, "Oh, play safety." Oh, now we need you to play corner. Now we need you to be an edge rusher. If you ask him to play all these different positions, and you don't let him him get better at one position, mm-hmm. he's never going to become elite at anything. He'll be good at everything, but he will never become elite at everything. So I need. I think you need to. Let, let him find his niche at, at one position and let him become elite at that. Uh, but with the Panthers, this was such a hard pick because we have Derek Brown available. We have Makai Beckton and Andrew Thomas available, and they need offensive tackle. They, they traded um, Trey Turner for Russell Okun. They traded Trey Turner to the Chargers this offseason, which was not a very good trade by them. Um, and they need a lot. They need some offensive linemen, but their offensive line was not bad last year, so I think they can survive. And their run defense was one of the worst in the entire league. So I'm going to go Derek Brown out of Auburn. Derek Brown is worth a top five selection in this draft. He is so good. Um, he 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 puts pressure on quarterbacks. He pushes the pocket. Um, he eats up double teams. He fights through them. 
consistently. Um, he's a great run stopper. He's very mobile for his size. He's a very he's a huge guy. He, he disengages well um, and tackles running backs. And he's got a, a great motor, which I love. And I think he has the potential to be a pretty good pass rusher. He's not going to be as good as Javon Kimlaw, but he's got the potential to be a solid pass rusher um, later in his career. But his specialty is as a run, a run blocker. He can fill multiple gaps. He can really just do it all and do it all at a high level. I love Derrick Brown, um, and I think he would be great in Carolina. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, on to number eight, the Arizona Cardinals. Last year with the number one pick in Kyler Murray, they, they addressed the offensive side of the ball. Uh, coming in after this past year, they're deficient. The defensive efficiency ranking is 31st in the league. Looks yeah. like they need to take care of the defensive side of the ball. What do you think? Uh, they do. But uh, you drafted Kyler Murray last year. He's a mm -hmm. mobile quarterback. He gets himself in trouble sometimes with his legs. Um, and he creates sacks on his own sometimes. So we're going to protect him. I would take I, – I would honestly consider taking Derrick Brown here if he was available. But he's not. So I'm going to go Makai Becton out of Louisville. Makai Becton is my number two tackle, and this dude is a freak athlete. He's 6'8", 360. Um, and so, at, as you can probably tell, it's not very hard to find him on film. You're, you, turn, you turn on the film, and you're like, where's – oh, oh, that's him. The guy who's four times as big as every one of his teammates on their offensive line. Yeah, right. that, that's Makai Becton. He's huge. Um, and he is powerful. It's rare to see an offensive lineman with this kind of power. He's got the heaviest hands in the entire class. And when he gets your, his hands on people, you're done. Like if he gets his hands on your chest, yeah, it, it, your, your route to the quarterback stops here. Um, and, and he just moves people out of the way. It's incredible what he does with his strength and his raw power. And he's got great footwork. Like his footwork is off the charts. He's very mobile, even for being 6'8", 360. He moves. It's crazy. He ran a five a five ten flat or a five ten flat forty at the combine, which is insane for his size. Um, mm -hmm. he did have a lot of pass sets at at Louisville, which is a little bit of a, a concern. Um, but in, in those few pass sets, he, he did not get beat that much. He's good. He needs to improve his processing a little bit, like on, on stunt blitzes. He can get caught off guard. Uh, but he's got the most upside out of any tackle in this class. And he's a great run blocker. So he would be a great fit for the Cardinals, and I would take him here. And he, he can play right tackle. And so they, they did sign DJ Humphreys to be mm -hmm. the left tackle. Um, so I'm going to give them a right tackle in Mekhi Beckton. And, look, their offense is great. Like, they have Kyler Murray in this situation. They draft. Makai Becton, um, they have DeAndre Hopkins, they have Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald's still there. Um, they don't have uh, David Johnson. They do need to get a running back, but they have King and Drake, so uh, yeah. they got a solid. They got a good starter with him. So their offense is look it, it's looking up now. I think Kyler Murray would uh, be ecstatic to get that big boy in front of him, paving uh, yes. the way and protecting him. So all right, well that takes us to number nine the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, 26 in offensive efficiency last year, 26 in defensive, defensive efficiency. Uh, there you go. 
So take your pick, which side of the ball you're going to get some help for the Jaguars. Yeah, they literally needed everything. Like they could use everything. They could use a quarterback. I know they have they have um, Gardner Minshew, uh, but they can they can get a better quarterback. Uh, I'm not going to take one here. Like I had said earlier, there's no quarterback worth taking top ten. So I'm not taking a quarterback here. They can use receiver. They cut Marquise Lee today. Um, they could use offensive line. They could use defensive line. They could use linebacker. They could use a corner. They could use a safety. Like, they literally need everything. <laughs> yeah. And so just throw a dart at their at their depth chart, and you'll find the position where they need an upgrade. There so, you go. Um, I, I mean, I could go, like, I could go skill position here and go, like, a receiver. I could take one of the top three receivers in this class. But I'm going to take J- Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle from South Carolina, who, speaking of athletic freak, uh, this dude is a specimen himself. He's got great burst off the line of scrimmage. He's a, he's a great pass rusher as a defensive tackle. And I think a lot of teams will value that more. Than, than a defensive tackle who can fill gaps and who can stop the run like Derrick Brown. I think a lot of teams would value Kinlaw higher than Derrick Brown. Kinlaw's just a powerful guy. And there was a – I was watching him versus Georgia, and there's one play where he just threw a guard out of the way. Like he, he put him on his back. And I was like, oh, this guy's special. Um, you just see it when he plays. He plays with such ferocity, and, and the raw power he has is impressive. He's also very fast. Um, he got he, he's great with his hands. Um, he can short short like his technique can be a little bit better, but he'll get better at that. I mean, he's just got a lot of talent. I w- I mean, he's got the talent of the top five selection, um, and he's going at number nine. This is a great value. I love Javon Kinlaw. He's a great pass rushing defensive tackle, and that's what the, that's what the Jaguars need right now. They need defensive tackle. Um, a lot of people are saying that they should go C.J. Henderson. I respectfully disagree. They got to go Kenlaw here. He's a beast. He's got He's got the potential of DeForest Buckner, who is probably the second best defensive tackle in all of football. Um, I think he could be that good. He's a special athlete. Very good. Okay, on to number ten, the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Um, if if they were to trade for um, Trent Williams from the Redskins. I would not be surprised to see them either trade back or even just stay here and take a guy like Patrick Queen from LSU or uh, Yator Gross Matos from Penn State. I really wouldn't. They need a, they have a lot of needs on defense, uh, but I'm going to shore up that offensive line. They signed Jack Conklin from the Titans in the offseason. He's going to be their right tackle. So I'm going to sign. I'm going to tr- uh, draft Andrew Thomas, tackle from Georgia to be my left tackle. Um, Makai Becton is like the athletic freak and uh, at tackle. Andrew Thomas is a less powerful, but a, a more refined version of Makai Becton. I love Andrew Thomas. He deserves a lot more love than he's getting right now. He, he is a, he's a top 10 talent and he right. deserves to be picked in the top 10. He's a fantastic tackle. He's the number three tackle in the class, in my opinion. Um, I had him at number two, but after watching Makai Becton, I mean, it, it's just hard to over to. It, it would be hard for Thomas to overcome Becton's physical traits. But I love Andrew Thomas. He's got powerful hands, good feet. Um, he's not as mobile as Becton, Wills, or Worse, but he's got good feet. 
Um, he's a good run blocker, a good pass blocker. He doesn't really get beaten that often. Um, I don't think he has as good of physical traits as all the other tackles in this class, but he's got good pass sets. Um, and the, my one issue with him is that he exposes his chest too often, and that'll get you bull rushed in the NFL. If you do that, Khalil Mack will eat him alive. So he's got to clean that up. But I love Andrew Thomas. He's a power guy. He will fit in the Brown system. And this is the easy pick. Yeah, Mayfield already has some uh, toys to throw the ball around to. Uh, he, he needs a little help up front to, to give him some time to, uh, to make those throws. So, all right. So now uh, on to number 11, the New York Jets. Okay, so the Jets need offensive line. They tried to kind of fix their offensive line a little bit in free agency with uh, some non-flashy pickups. They're just picking up, like, scrubs um, out of free agency, but none of that's going to help. And I know all, all Jets fans probably want C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy, but you have to protect Sam Darnold. If you don't protect him, you're not going anywhere, even with C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. So I'm going to give them an offensive tackle, and I'm going to give them Tristan Wirfs, tackle out of Iowa. Um, this dude is a, a freak athlete. He, he, he had a great combine, man, a 4 8 um, he had a 10-foot broad jump. His explosiveness is insane. It's, he's got incredible athletic ability. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a tackle, though, and I think it would be a mistake to play him at tackle. There's no way he's playing tackle his first year in the league. you got to move him into guard, um, and he's got the size um, to be a tackle, but his footwork is terrible. It, it's easily the worst out of the top four tackles in the class. His footwork's awful. He overextends on his pass sets, which leads to him getting the inside. He gives up the inside shoulder too often. Um, if you do that in the NFL, Khalil Mack will kill him. Like he will, he will put this guy six feet deep in the dirt. Um, so he's got to improve on that. I don't think he ever. I don't know if he will ever be able to play tackle, but he can play guard because he is super athletic. He's mobile. Um, he's got good hands. He's got the strength. Like he's got all the physical tools. He just doesn't have the technique to play tackle. But I think you could play him at guard, and I think he's going to be a fantastic guard in the NFL. And the Jets just really need everything on their offensive line. So even if he can't play tackle for them, they'll take him at guard. Right. So they just – they have a high level of need on the offensive line. Yeah. And this is a no-brainer for them at, at this point based on their level of need. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe he could play tackle because he, he definitely has the size and the physical tools to play tackle. He's got to improve his technique if he ever wants to play on the outside. Right. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, on to number 12. Not the Oakland Raiders, but the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Uh, yes. Moving into a new uh, stadium, a new city. Uh, I kind of like it. Uh, I think if any franchise moved to Las Vegas, the Raiders are perfect. So, uh, with that being said, who is John Gruden and his crew going to pick up with this pick? Yeah, the Raiders have uh, uh, two big needs. They need a receiver and they need corner. The corner is a huge need for them because they are playing Demaryius Randall, a former safety for the Packers. They're playing him at safety. So, they need a corner. Um, I'm going to address corner at 19, and I'm going to address receiver here. 
there's going to be a little bit of a run on receivers here. I'm going to take CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma here. CeeDee Lamb's the best receiver in the draft. Um, he's big. He plays bigger than he actually is. He looks – he's pretty slim for his height, uh, but he plays physical. He makes contested catches. Um, he's great at making catches away from his body. Doesn't have great speed. He plays faster than his 40 time. Would tell you he ran a 4 5 40 at the combine. You wish it was better, um, but he's still very athletic. He's a good route runner. Not amazing like Jerry Judy, but he is a good route runner, a smooth route runner. Um, and he's great with the ball in his hands and in, in the open field. He's very elusive. He's hard to tackle. There were some plays this season where he'd have like four or five defenders around him and he would take it into the end zone and score a touchdown. It was insane. He's got the, he's got the rare ability to turn a 10 or 20 yard catch and turn it into a 60 yard plus a 60 plus yard touchdown. He's got big play potential. I love CD lamb. Um, I think his ability to make plays after the catch uh, is what separates him from the rest of the group. And if lamb was faster, like if he had elite, like four, three, 40 speed, he would be talked about as one of the best receiving prospects ever. Tell me again, what's what what's his height? Um, like six one. Okay, All I right. think he's like one hundred and ninety pounds. Gotcha. So he's a pretty skinny guy, but he plays above the rim. He plays much bigger than he actually is. Right. And he's very physical. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, Derek Carr will be uh will be glad to uh. To hear this name call, yeah. to have somebody to throw that ball to in that new stadium, in that new city. So that takes us to number 13, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they received this pick uh, with a trade with Indianapolis. So San Francisco with the 13th pick, who do you have there? Yeah, they uh, they would kill to have Javon Kinlaw fall to 13 so they can get a replacement for the fourth Buckner with the potential that Buckner has, but on a much cheaper contract. They would love for that to happen, but it doesn't fall to them. Um, so I'm going to take a receiver to replace Emmanuel Sanders, and I'm going to take Jerry Judy. Um, Judy is not my number two receiver. He's my number three receiver in the class. Uh, but I love him. He's one of my favorite prospects in the entire draft. I love Jerry Judy. Uh, I, I think Ruggs could be the pick here, but I think I think Judy just fits the West Coast system that Shanahan runs a little bit better than Ruggs, so I'm going to have Jerry Judy here, and Judy's fantastic. He's the best route runner in the class, no question. He's great at setting up setting up defensive backs, stemming his routes, and then breaking with just incredible speed, um, and he's got fluid hips, and he's pretty fast. Like, he doesn't get, get enough credit for his speed, they're in a 4-4-5-40 in the combine, uh, and it shows up on film. There's plays where he just outruns defensive backs. It, it's incredible. I like his speed. And he, it, his ability to make plays after the catch is pretty good. It's not as good as Lamb or Ruggs, but there are some plays where he puts his foot in the ground and, and cuts on a dime and makes defenders miss. So I, I really like Jerry Judy. Um, there were some, some concerning drops I saw from him on film which is uh, the biggest reason why I have him as my number three receiver and not number two or number one. But I think he's great. Um, he's going to be a slot receiver in the NFL. Um, you can play him on the outside, but, he, but he's not going to burn people. You're not going to say, hey, Judy, go run a go route, and we're going to just test you. No, he doesn't. he's not physical enough, and he doesn't have um, the speed to do that. But he, he's going to be a great 
uh, slot receiver in the NFL. And early on in his career, he's going to be very productive. He's probably going to be seen as the best receiver in the class very early on because he's going to be productive. And I'm going to draft him in fantasy football this year. Like, no questions asked. So, uh, it, it help me with the name. It's escaping me right now. Who, who the receiver for San Francisco in the Super Bowl this past year, who I thought had his coming out party, uh, the young receiver? Debo, Debo Samuel. Samuel, yeah. What a one-two punch that'll be. Yeah. Uh, those two. How about that? So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it, that would be a great tandem. Like a great that, – that, that receiving core needs a boost. Yeah. Uh, and Jerry Judy would do it. He would be a great fit there. Sounds good. Okay. On to number 14, and that is the team that is the talk of the NFL here in the past uh, couple of weeks with their big-name acquisitions, the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, uh, they need to tackle really bad. Um, they are one of the teams that I would expect to trade up, um, assuming that I, that one of the top four tackles doesn't fall here. Um, and, man, I mean, you could go with one of the top receivers here, but you really need to protect Tom Brady, who's 40 years old. Uh, so I'm going to give them Josh Jones out of out – of, uh, he's a tackle out of Houston. This is a bit of a reach here. Um and I will admit, Josh Jones is a little bit of a developmental project, um, but he's a good developmental project. He doesn't get beat that often. He's very mobile. He's got strong hands. He just need, he's got a little growing to do. But they need a tackle, and I think he could start right away. And I don't think you would be like, oh, my gosh, this guy cannot survive. I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to have a huge issue adjusting in the NFL like with his mobility and his strength he's gonna be he's gonna be okay and I think you can plug him in day one and I think he will be okay I don't I don't I don't know if he'll if he'll thrive but he'll survive he's not gonna fail early on and they just they have a huge need at tackle I think they could also trade for Trent Williams um but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna go tackle here Gotcha. All right. Give Brady some protection. Yes. Uh, being on the north side of 40 years old, he, he needs some at this point. So, okay. That takes us to number 15, and that's the Denver Broncos. Yeah, easy pick here. Uh, they need another receiver, and I'm going to go yep. Henry Ruggs, the third receiver right. from Alabama. He is um, – when I was ranking these receivers, I had a hard time putting him at two. Not going to be – not going to lie. I, I, I really considered him – as the best receiver in this class. He's that special. And he's not just a speed guy. If people if people say that to you, they don't know what they're talking about. He is a complete receiver. He's a fantastic route runner. Better than CJ C D Lamb. Not as good as Jerry Judy, but it is close. He's a special route runner. Has great hands. He can make athletic catch, athletic catches away from his body. He, and he can make some contested catches. He's not as good as, like, C.D. Lamb. Um, but his athletic ability is insane. He's got the physical traits. He's got elite four two seven speed. And that speed is going to be very val- very valuable in the, at the next level. He's going to – like, defenses are going to have to focus heavy, heavily on him. You're going to have to uh, make sure he doesn't beat you deep. And he's going to stretch defenses. And that's going to give his teammates easy receptions in the middle of the field. And so I think his value is not only what he can do, but the what he can do for his teammates and um, the opportunities he, he gives them. 
uh, with his with his speed and how much the defense is going to focus on him at the next level. I love Rawls. He he's a fantastic receiver, and he's going to be great alongside Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton in in Denver. This is a fantastic fit, and I love Henry Rawls. I can't wait to see him play in the NFL. The, you know, I think the worst kept secret uh, in all the mock drafts and, and pre-draft coverage is uh, that, the, that the Broncos are going to take a wide receiver. Uh, yeah. and, and they're going to get one of these guys. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to believe that they're all the, the, these special guys, are, uh, the receivers are going to be all gone before Denver picks. So I, I think that's it's going to happen for sure. So, okay, now on to number 16, uh, this is a pick that you and I have talked about quite a bit. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. This is where my draft gets very interesting. I think uh, all my picks, when they're 15, um, some, of, some of them, the, the the placement of these players may have been a bit surprising, but all these players, you, I think it's like a legitimate chance they go here. This is the beginning of madness. So the Atlanta Falcons, everyone's saying they'll take Henderson if he's available. And no, we're not taking Henderson. And we're not even taking Caleb on Chaseon. We're taking Yutori Grossmatos, edge rusher from Penn State. He's my number two edge rusher in the class. And I don't know why this guy doesn't get talked about more. He, he's who people think AJ Epinesa is. This guy is so much better than Epinesa is. And Epinesa gets so much more love. I don't get it. And what's not to love about this guy? He's huge. He's 6'5", 265. He's massive. He's got great size. He's athletic, really, really athletic for his size. He's got the speed. He's got the burst off the line of scrimmage. His technique is awesome. It's amazing. His ability to convert, to go from speed to power is amazing. His ability to um, move tackles hands off of him, uh, his hand swipe move is really good. He, he plays with power, um, and he just disrupts. The, he, he puts pressure on passers. I love this guy. He's even good against the run. Like, I, what's not to like about this guy? I think he's got the potential to be a very, very good edge rusher at the next level. And although secondary is our biggest need here in Atlanta, um, I got to go edge rusher. I think edge rush, like pass rush, is more valuable than coverage, in my opinion. I think if you if you can't um, if you can't put pressure on the passer, then it doesn't matter how good your coverage is. Because the, the, if the quarterback has six seconds to throw, then, like, your guys are going to get beaten no matter how good they are in the secondary. So I think we got to get our, our our franchise edge rusher, and I think Yator Gross Matos is that guy. He is fantastic. I think – I think I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the Browns to take him at 10 if they were able to trade for Trent Williams. He is that special. This guy is going to be great, and it's a shame that he's probably going to last until the 20s. The, uh, of course, you know, with C.J. Henderson still being on your board and him being uh, talked about in Atlanta yeah. uh, a good bit here in the last couple of weeks, it would, you know, so this would be a surprise. Chase on is the uh, edge rusher that a lot of people feel might be, you know, the the pick here for the yeah. Falcons. What what uh, puts your guy from Penn State uh, ahead of Chase on? So. Um... Let me just say, Caleb on Chaseon is amazing. I love Chaseon. I think the top three edge rushers in the class are one Chaseon, two Gross Matos, three Chaseon. And they're all fantastic. I love Chaseon. Um, what separates Gross Matos from Chaseon um, is the raw power 
the technique, and I think he just fits better in our scheme. Like he he's a four three defensive end, and I think Caleb Von Chason. I don't I don't think he plays with enough power yet to be able to succeed as well in a four three defense. I think you could play him at four three outside linebacker or three four outside linebacker. I don't know if he's ready yet. He's got to develop some power moves, um, but. Mainly the raw power and the technique is what separates Chris Matos from Jason, in my opinion. There you go. Okay. Well, the fact that uh, Gross Matos has, has not uh, come up a lot in conversation in Atlanta, uh, this one would be a, a, a bit oh, yeah. of a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now that brings us to number 17, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I have them taking not C.J. Henderson, but A.J. Terrell, corner from Clemson. Uh, yeah, A.J. Terrell is my number two corner in the class. Very good. Um, and I know everyone's going to say, but he got he got beat. He got beat by Jamar Chase in the national championship. He's not that good. No, he's, he's amazing. He, he played great in the national championship. The only time he got beat was because Joe Burrow made some perfect throws. And the first time he got beat on a long touchdown, there was offensive pass interference. Chase pushed off on Terrell. So there should have been a penalty. But he he was sticky. He was in Jamar Chase's hip pocket all game. He's a great man corner. Um, and if you ask Jamar Chase how well Terrell played in the natty, he would tell you that he played fantastic and that he was on him all game. He plays well in the natty. He got beat a few times because Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the country. And Joe Burrow made some perfect throws. Like if Jamar Chase was in this draft class, he would be the number one receiver. Right. And that's how good he is. And like, are we gonna say are we gonna just like trash like Jalen Ramsey? Because he gets beat by DeAndre Hopkins on a few plays? No, it happens. Like these guys are super talented athletes. It's gonna happen. Um, but Terrell, what makes him special to me, his speed, his physical traits are elite. He's got great length great speed. He knows how to use his hands. And for a corner, you have to use your hands to because um, if you get out of position, you got to be able to use your hands to get yourself, to slingshot yourself back into position. He does that. He, he adjusts receivers' routes well, um, pushes receivers towards the boundary to get an extra defender. He's got good ball skills. Not great. Like, his ball skills are not as good as C.J. Henderson's. They're, they're solid. Um, and his technique is really, really good. He's got fluid hips. He's got everything you want in a man corner. Uh, I think it's close between Terrell and Henderson. I think he's the number two corner in the class. I think the, um, I think Terrell's technique is better. Um, and he doesn't get beat as much as Henderson inside. Um, so I think that's what separates the two. They're both amazing corners. And Dallas needs a corner. They don't have Byron Jones anymore. He went to Miami. Um, and they need a lockdown man, a man corner. And Terrell's that guy. I think he's going to be really, really good. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Now to number 18, their second of three picks in the first round, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen Josh Jones mocked here a lot. And I, I think that would be a great pick. Um, but he's not here. So – I'm not going to reach for a tackle like Austin Jackson out of USC here. He's not ready to play right now. He had some really bad film this year. But I'm going to take Caleb on Chase on here. And the Dolphins run a 4-3. And like I said, 
if Caleb on Chason can develop some power moves, and if he can play with more power, he could be a really, really good 4-3 defensive end. I just don't know if he ever will. What I think he can do is be a great 3-4 outside linebacker and a 4-3 outside linebacker. I think he can, he can shine in that role. Um, and so I, I have him going there. And this is this would be such a good pick. He's a great edge rusher, um, great off the edge. His technique is pretty good. Not as good as Gross Matos, um, but he's got good, good long arms. He's so fast. His flexibility and his bend is on par with Chase Young's. Uh, his physical traits are off the charts, and they're and they're better than Gross Matos. He doesn't have the technique the technique that Matos does, but he can go back into coverage. You can ask Jason to step back in zone, and he can do a good job in zone. He, he won't look lost out there, which is why I think you could play him at 4-3 outside linebacker, um, use him as a blitzer, and then e- even in like a 3-4 scheme, he could be a great outside linebacker. I like Jason, um, but there's a, he needs to improve his technique, and he needs to improve his power. Um, but I like him. And the Dolphins are kind of like the Patriots in a way. Um, they kind of run similar, a similar defense. I think he would be great as a 4-3 outside linebacker for them. All right. Sounds like a good fit. On to number 19 uh, and their second pick of the first round, Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders fans would lose their minds at this pick. Not because it's a bad pick, but because they can't believe he fell this far. And it's I have CJ. Is it? Huh? <laughs> Not a kicker, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. I have C.J. Henderson, corner from Florida, going here. Boy, they, like would be ecstatic. Huh? they would yeah, be ecstatic to know that he's still on their lap. <laughs> yeah, I like Henderson. It's not that I don't like him. I just don't think he's ready now. Um, he's got all the physical traits, like his length, his speed. He ran a 4.39 in the combine. Um, he's got the physical traits to be an elite man corner. And his burst, when he puts his foot in the ground and breaks – on a ball or breaks on a, on a receiver to make a play. It, it's special. It really is. Um, there's just some plays where he looked lost in coverage, and he gives up inside leverage too often. Um, so that's a concern. But he's got a lot of upside, and he's got the physical traits to be a really good man corner. He's got great ball skills. There was a play against LSU where he was covering Jamar Chase, and he went into, into trail technique and kept up with Jamar Chase. And that I was sold there. I was like, this dude's special. Um, he really is. And it's close between him and A.J. Terrell um, as my number two corner. He falls just short because I don't think he's got as good technique at this point. Henderson's got a little bit of growing to do, but he's got tremendous upside. I really like Henderson. This would be a great pick here. They need a man corner. Um, wow. They would, they would be really, really happy in Las Vegas to have C.J. Henderson at 19. They, they, yes, they would. That would be a gift falling into their lap at, at number 19. All right, so number 20, uh, their second pick of the first round, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, um, they need a man corner. Um, they also need safety. And like we said earlier, they need everything. Um, there's not a, a man corner better at this spot, at this point, than the guy I'm going to take, and that's Grant Delpit the safety from LSU. A lot of people point out Grant Delpit's tackling 
abil- tackling issues, and they're like, yeah, this guy's not the number one free safety in the draft. And I'm like, oh, yes, he is. Like, he's got incredible speed. He ran a 4.3940 at a pro day. Um, he's got elite range for a free safety. Um, and he's physical. You can put him in the box. If he improves his tackling, he's easily the best safety in the class. So why not take a chance on him? Like, I think he's much better than Xavier McKinney from Alabama. Uh, I love Granville, but he would be great in Jacksonville. His range is just incredible what he can do in coverage. His ball skills are, are amazing. He dealt with some injuries this year, and he had to play out of position uh, because of a teammate's injury, and I think that hurt him a little bit. Um, but the tackling issues are, fix- are fixable. The reason is he had some tackling issues this year is because he – he wasn't wrapping up on defenders. He was, like, diving at their feet. And that's just asking for you to miss tackles. But I think he can clean that up. I think it's coachable. I think he can clean it up. Um, it's a very coachable mistake. I think he's going to be a really, really, a really good player in the NFL. I think it's ridiculous that people have him not making it in the first round. He, he's a beast. All right. Sounds good. All right. Now we go to number 21. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they need a they need a receiver because they were playing a former college quarterback at, at receiver and um uh well, I forgot his name. He played at Houston. I forgot his name. Hmm. or uh, something Ward. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ward. I, I, I forgot I his first name. Can't think but of his it. last name was Ward. Ward, the former uh, Houston Houston quarterback. Um, and then they had a rookie play at starting at receiver. Um, it was just a really bad, a bad situation. They had a lot of guys get hurt. Deshaun Jackson got hurt. Alshon Jeffrey got hurt. Um, and it was a rough – they were in a really, really rough spot with all their injuries to their receiving core. They also need linebacker. But I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson, receiver from LSU. That's a good choice. This dude is fantastic. He, he, he could honestly go earlier than this. Um, he really could. He's great. He is versatile. He can play outside. He can play in the slot. He can play both at a high level. He's a good route runner. Got good speed. Um, and he's good with the ball in his hands in open space. He's not elusive, but he's just got really, really good speed. He's got good hands. He can make contested catches. He plays really physical. He plays a lot bigger than he is. Uh, when I saw his listed height, I was like, oh, really? Because he's taller than Jamar Chase. And he looks like he's about 6'3", but he's only like 6'1". I really, really like Justin Jefferson. He's going to be a great slot receiver in Philly. Um, they run a lot of a lot of RPOs. I think he would be great in that system. I know uh, Carson Wentz would be uh, thrilled oh, yeah. to have some help. Absolutely. Yes. Gotcha. All right, so number 22. Uh, this is a pick that they received from Buffalo in a trade. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. They need a receiver um, just like the, the Eagles. They lost Diggs in a trade. Um, they got a lot back for him. I was surprised by how much they got. They got the 22nd pick. And to replace Stephon Diggs, they, the Vikings honestly have a lot of needs. They need they need some offensive linemen. They need guard, tackle. They need a receiver. They need corner. Um, luckily, they have two first-round picks at 22 and 25 where they can address those needs. Right here, I'm taking Denzel Mims out of Baylor. He's, my, he's the fifth-best receiver in the class for me. 
Um, this guy's a freak athlete. He had a great spring. Um, not a lot of people were talking about him early on in the dra- in the draft process, but he had a great senior bowl. He killed it at the senior bowl. And then he had a great combine where he ran a four three eight forty. He's six three. Those physical traits, along with his performance in the senior bowl, just shot him up into the first round. Um, and he he's a great receiver. He he plays with he plays with physicality. He's a creative route runner, not a great route runner like the first four receivers that I have going in the first round. Um, but he got a, he uses a, a variety of creative releases off the line of scrimmage. Uh, and he's very physical. He likes to use his hands to create space late in routes to create separation from corners. And he's got a huge catch radius. Like his physicality going up for contested catches is really, really good. And he's got the deep speed. Uh, his long speed is incredible at four, like that four three eight forty, is amazing for a guy his size. This is a really really good pick. I like him. It's a bit of a different play style from Stephon Diggs. Diggs is a little bit more of a technician. Um, Mims is more of a freak athlete, and he he's gonna be a big target where Kirk Cousins can say, hey. I don't have a lot of options here. We don't have anybody uh, open. Denzel Mims, I'm going to throw it up to you. I'm trusting you to, co- to go make a play, and he'll go make that play. I think this is a really, really good pick. I love Denzel Mims. I love his physicality. And they don't have a whole lot of rece- a lot of options at receiver besides Adam Thielen. They need a second receiver. And I think Mims would be a great Robin to – uh, the Batman, the Batman they have in Adam Thielen, and I think he has much more potential than Adam Thielen. I think he could be a really, really good receiver at the next level. Like I think Mims is a, is a better prospect than DK Metcalf coming out last year. Gotcha. Well, and I would think that Cousins would uh, have to say, "You like that?" Yes. <laughs> okay. So now number twenty-three, New England Patriots. This is a hard pick. Um, I thought about going Zach Bond here, Wisconsin linebacker, who would be great as like a more juiced up uh, Kyle Van Noy, who they lost to the Dolphins. But they lost Tom Brady. Jarrett Stidham is their quarterback now. I, I And we haven't seen enough of Jarrett Stidham to know what he's going to be. So I'm not going to say he's terrible. I think he's talented. I just haven't seen enough of him. And we have a quarterback who has – the most potential out of any quarterback in this draft class, and that's Jordan Love. That's who I have the Patriots taking. And there's a lot of risk involved in taking Jordan Love. His decision-making, not very good. Um, But he's got the physical traits. And his ability to improvise, make throws on the run. There were some plays he made at Utah State in 2018 and 2019 that were Mahomes-esque. I'm not saying he's as good as Mahomes, because that would be ridiculous. But he's got that ability to extend plays and to create um, when plays break down. It's incredible what he can do. And he, he can throw with touch. He can throw with power. He's got good mechanics. His accuracy can be a little iffy at times. But, like, this dude just has it. And, he's got, and if, he can, if he can coach the mistakes out of him, he can be a very, very good quarterback. And I would not be surprised. If a few years from now we're talking about Jordan Love being the best quarterback out of all these guys, I really wouldn't. He's got that kind of potential. His arm strength, um, his ability to make make throws on the sideline, um, 
with touch and anticipation, it's mm -hmm. special. But like I said, the 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 decision the decision making is not there. It, it's got to get better. There were so many pick sixes he, he had this year. Yeah. Where I'm like, dude, come on, like, what are you doing? You you can't make that kind of mistakes. And the Wake Forest game was awful for him. Um, but but there's something there. There really is. And I think if a coach can get with him, work work with him on on fixing his mistakes, he could be very very good. I like Jordan Love. He's a special. He's a special quarterback. All right, interesting pick there. Okay, so now this is all going to be virtual tomorrow night. Yep. Not going to be uh, not going to be in Las Vegas uh, like the plan was. Right. But if we were, okay, and you know they have the green room where all the guys are in there waiting to be picked. Yeah. The biggest elephant in that green room right now. Guess who it would be? Justin Herbert. You got it. And look who's number 24, New Orleans Saints. What are you going to do? Um, they don't have a whole lot of needs. They really don't. Like, they they need a corner. Um, they need a linebacker because Demario Davis is getting up there in age. They need a quarterback. Yeah. Drew Brees is getting old. He's and in the last year. And we have Justin Herbert here. I'm going Patrick Queen, linebacker <laughs> from LSU. There you go. Boo! This is the biggest steal of the draft. Patrick Queen being available at, at 24, which is probably going to happen, is ridiculous. This guy is way too talented to be here at 24. But like I said, Demario Davis is aging. You're going to have to find his replacement soon. I know Drew Brees is getting up there in age, but I'm not the biggest Justin Herbert guy. I'm going to pass up on him. I'm taking Patrick Queen. This guy's a stud. Like, I would not be surprised if the Falcons were looking at Patrick Queen at 16 if we didn't have an edge rusher that we liked. Or maybe we wanted to go corner first round and none of those guys were available. I would not be surprised if we were taking a close look at Patrick Queen and we selected him at 16. Um, he's a special cat. He's got great sideline to sideline speed. Um He's a he's a rangy linebacker, a good tackler. He's very instinctive. He's great in coverage. He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. Um, he's good as a blitzer. Um, just a, a very very good athletic, instinctive linebacker. And it's amazing that he's here at 24. And I have a hot take. I want somebody to explain to me what the difference is between Patrick Queen and Devin White. Cause I honestly don't think there's much a, a much diff, like much different about these guys. Right. I, I mean, Patrick Queen is about as good, if not better, than Devin White was last year. He's not as athletic, and he's a little undersized, but he's got better instincts than Devin White had last year. And I mean, like I, I guess the physical tools that Devin White um had or has would would put him over the top, but Queen's got better instincts by a mile. Um, and this will be a great pick for the Saints. I love this pick. He would be great as a replacement for Demario Davis. And he doesn't have to go very far from Baton Rouge to over to yeah. New Orleans. So, yeah. This will be all a great right. pick. Okay. That takes us to number 25, their second pick of the uh, first round, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, they need corner. Uh, they do need edge rusher, and I probably would have 
considered Yator Gross, uh, Yator Gross Matos here if he was still available. Um, they need center and a guard and tackle. Well, no, they don't need center. They just need a guard and a tackle. Um, but they really need a corner. They lost Xavier Woods in free agency. They didn't lose him. They just cut him because um, he gave up 84% of his targets. Um, or he gave up at eighty. He gave up at eighty-four percent completion percentage, which is really, really bad. Obviously, um, so they need a guy who can play zone coverage. They ran a lot of zone last year, and so I'm going to take the best zone corner available right now, and that's Christian Fulton out of LSU. I love Fulton. Um, he's so good in zone. He's smart. He, his ability to read the quarterback's eyes and make plays on the ball is incredible. I um, mean, he's, he's super smart in zone coverage. And even if you put him in man coverage, he can survive. He uses his hands. Um, he's got he's got the speed. Doesn't have as fluid hips as you'd like in a, in a guy that you'd ask to play man coverage all game. Like, you're not going to be able to ask him to do that. Like, you can't just say, hey, Christian Fulton, you see that guy? Yeah, go cover him. Go cover him for the whole entire game. You can't do that. You're going to have to play him in zone. Um, and so this is a great fit. Uh, the Vikings run a lot of zone. He's a great fit there. Um, my one issue with him is that in man coverage, he does not have very good ball skills. He gets beat sometimes, and he just doesn't turn his head. If you're a corner, you have to turn your head, and that led to a lot of pass interference penalties at LSU this year. Um, but like I said, you're not going to ask him to play man coverage a lot. And so I think this is a great fit uh, with a, with a zone heavy scheme. I think he'll thrive here in Minnesota. All right, two two uh, LSU Tigers in a row there on uh, yeah. defense. Okay, uh, number twenty six, their third and final pick of the first round, the Miami Dolphins. Yep, and they need offensive line. Um, I, I gave them an edge rusher. I gave them a quarterback, and I'm going to help Tua Tungavailoa out and give him a center slash guard. I'm taking Caesar Ruiz out of Michigan. Um, he's the best interior offensive lineman in the class. And I, I, you could make an argument for taking Austin Jackson here. He's got the size. He's got all the physical tools to be a franchise tackle. He just had some really bad film this year. And I think the, the biggest reason why is because he, he had a um, – his sister uh, needed a bone marrow transplant last year in the offseason. Yep. And so he decided to give, to give her the bone marrow. And so that's a really rough surgery. Um, and doctors told him that he may never, like he might not be the same athletically after that. Um, but he decided to do it anyway. It was a rough recovery process. He couldn't, apparently he could not even um, squat with any weight on his back until week four of the season. Wow. So he was not full strength all year. Um, so I, I don't, I, I think he would be a better pick in the second round. But Cesar Ruiz is ready to step in and be a great interior offensive lineman day one. He's very mobile. He's got good hands. He's strong. Um, got really good core strength. He can move into the second level of the field and take on linebackers. You can use him as a pulling guard. Um, he's just a really, really good interior offensive lineman. And the Dolphins need that. Like, they need everything on their offensive line. I think this is a big addition for them. Well, that makes three uh, solid picks for Miami in the first round. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Dolphin fans would be uh, – Pleased to have those three guys. Yeah. Uh, all right. So not on the number twenty-seven, that's the Seattle Seahawks. 
And they need an edge rusher because they I don't know if Jadavion Clowney is coming back. They don't know. Um, he's asking for a lot of money. So he may not be back in Seattle this year. So I'm going to take an edge rusher, and I'm taking Terrell Lewis out of Alabama. This guy is a physical specimen. This dude is an athletic freak. Um, he's, he's really, really explosive. Um, his speed is insane. He's got a nasty spin move. He's solid against the run. He sets the edge well. Um, and he's got the physical tools to be a really, really good edge rusher. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be really, really good in Seattle. Um, I honestly, um, I think they run a 3-4. He'd be great in that system. Um, I love Terrell Lewis. He, he's a, a physical freak. And just, he, he doesn't have as good, like, he doesn't play with a whole lot of power. Um, and his technique is not amazing. But, like, the spin move is just insane. And that kind of athleticism and his bend and flexibility it is too good to pass up here. Now, I may be thinking about the, the wrong guy from Alabama on defense, but did, did he have a, a knee injury last year? Yep. Okay. That's the thing with him. He does have some injury issues. Right. Um, okay. So that's something to worry about. He had a knee injury and an elbow injury. Which, like, he wears an elbow brace, and that's why. Right. Uh, but they, they need an edge rusher, especially if they're not going to get Clowney back. And they don't know if they're getting him back now. So I'm going to take sure. Terrell Lewis here. Not a bad pick. Not a bad guy to have in the late first round. All right, that takes us to number 28, uh, which uh, is a team that uh, could have been argued at one point last year might have been the best team in the whole NFL is the Baltimore Ravens. And I think they're the best team now. I think they have the best roster at this point after all the moves they made in the offseason, uh, adding Calais Campbell. Um, and last year they added Marcus Peters. They added both of those guys who are very talented, they, and they only had to give up fifth-round picks for each of those, each of them. Um, they, they made some very good additions. Marshall Yonda retired. So I think I think offensive line would be a big pickup here. I think they would go Cesar Ruiz if he was available. He's not. And they need a linebacker. And Matthew Judon is getting up there in age. And, then, and they're going to need to give him a contract soon. Um, and I have a guy here who's a linebacker who fits their system, and they can use him as a blitzer. They could also use him in coverage, and that's Zach Vaughn out of Wisconsin. This, I love this dude. I, I mean, I have a man crush on this guy. I, I love Zach Vaughn as a prospect. He's a very good edge rusher. He's twitchy, very athletic, um, has some good technique. Doesn't play with a whole lot of power, so he's a, a more of a three-four outside linebacker. Um, but you can put him in coverage, and you could you could play him in a four-three as a four-three outside linebacker. Like that's why I think he would be a great fit in New England if they didn't take a quarterback. Um, but Zach Vaughn, he'll be able to replace Matthew Judon in a few years. Uh, Matthew Judon, they're gonna have to. Act, they're gonna he's gonna be looking for a new contract. How about replacing him with another guy? Uh, on a cheaper contract, who's very talented, can go back in coverage, and you can use him as a blitzer. And they they blitz. They're one of the heaviest blitzing teams in the entire league. I think this would be a great fit. They do need an inside linebacker to re to replace CJ Mosley. Um, and Kenneth Murray is an option. Yeah. That's that's Murray why they need, yeah. they need they need an inside linebacker. But my thing with Murray is as good as athletic as he is. And as, as good as his sideline to sideline speed is, 
and his tackling ability, it's special, but his instincts are not there. Um, Brett Coleman, who's a guy I follow on Twitter, and I, I'm subscribed to his YouTube channel, and, and he makes a lot of great content. Um, and he's a he's he does some scouting. I think that that's more that's what I would call his content. He scouts guys, makes content based around that. He said he put it best. He said that Kenneth Murray is more of a guesser at this point, more of a guesser than a reader. So he's just guessing at what's going on in front of him and not just reading the reading the offense and then saying, okay, I need to do this. And the instincts is, is why I don't have him going here. Um, and Zach Vaughn, I think Zach Vaughn's special. I love Vaughn as a prospect. I really do. He, he's a special athlete. Okay. All right. So that takes us to number 29, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, the Titans um, – they're in a good spot here. They need a defensive tackle. They, they need a nose tackle. And so I'm going to go Ross Blacklock, who honestly I think you could have argued could have gone to the Ravens right before. Um, Ross Blacklock, he's going to be their nose tackle in Tennessee. He's kind of a mixture of the, of the athleticism and the juice of Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma and the power and the two-gap ability of Derrick Brown. Um, obviously, he's not as dominant as Derrick Brown, but he's kind of a combination of those two of the of those two parts of both of those guys' game all rolled into one. He, you can ask him to do to play nose tackle, three tech. You can ask him to fill multiple gaps. Um, he even has some pass rush ability. He's very athletic, um, and I think teams that value pass rush are going to go for a guy like Neville Gallimore over Blacklock. But Blacklock is a special guy. He pushes the pocket. Fights through double teams well. Um, doesn't have the raw power of Derrick Brown. Um, and doesn't have the athleticism of a Kinlaw or a Gallimore. But he, he can, his versatility and his ability to do all these things, like filling two gaps and pushing the pocket, um, is valuable. And, and the Titans need a, a, a nose tackle. They, they, that's one of their biggest needs. They could also go for an edge guy. They just got Big Beasley. Maybe he can have a breakout year. They do need corner, um, especially if they're not going to bring back. Um, uh, I'm having a brain fart with who they're right. losing. I have those a Log- lot. Logan Ryan. If they don't bring Logan Ryan back, they do need corner. But I, I really like Ross Blacklock. I think he he's a bona fide stud at defensive tackle. Um, he's actually my number four defensive tackle, but – with his versatility, it's too valuable to pass up here, especially for a team like the Titans who need a nose tackle. All right. Sounds good. All right. We're down to the last three teams in the first round. Uh, number 30 is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, they can use a quarterback because uh, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. But they need a receiver, and they need a guy who can be the, bat, the Robin to Devontae Adams. And a lot, I mean, I've seen a lot of receivers mocked here. This is one guy who I originally did not have here, but I got to watching his film and I thought, wow, this dude is severely underrated. And, that, and it's Michael Pittman Jr. from USC. Okay. And this guy doesn't have like insane speed, but he's as fast as Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, who's getting a lot of love now. Um, he's a, he's a very good route runner. He's good coming out of his break. He's a smooth route runner, not as good as like CD lamb, but kind of that kind of route runner. 
um, where he's just very, very fluid coming out of his break. And he is great at, at like, just making contested catches when the ball's in the air. He's great at controlling his body, adjusting his body, and going up and making the catch. Um, and he's got big playability, which is why I think he's a great fit in Green Bay. And he, he would be a great fit. Aaron Rodgers would love Michael Pittman. Devontae Adams is more of a, a technician, more of a slot. I mean, he plays outside, but adding Pittman will allow Adams to just focus on breaking down corners, and then Aaron Rodgers can say, hey, I'm going to just throw it up to Michael Pittman. Pittman, I'm going to need you to just make a play, and Pittman can do that. And he can also, he burned a lot of guys in the Pac-12. It, it was very impressive watching him play. Um, he's a burner. Even though he only ran a 4-5, 40 in the combine, he's got some pretty good burst um, and, and explosiveness. He's got good hands. I think he's just very underrated, and I think he's worth a first-round selection. Is is does the is he kind of a second round guy in the eyes of most? Yeah, he is. Okay, and, and it. it's understandable. Like the receiving class, the, the receiver class this year is just stacked. Like there's so many talented guys. Yep, exactly. I gotcha. All right, so now number thirty one, runner up in the Super Bowl, San Francisco 49ers. This was the hardest pick in the entire draft. It really was. <laughs> I. The Niners really need a corner. Um, and I thought about what's going to help them beat the, beat the Chiefs. And I just don't know. I, I don't, like, there's one corner I have available, um, but they lost to Forrest Buckner. And the main reason they were able to put the Chiefs in such a tough situation in the Super Bowl is their pass rush. They lost to Forrest Buckner is what it was the second-best pass-rushing defensive tackle in the NFL. And I'm going to give them another elite pass-rushing defensive tackle. And this is a, a, a contract management move. You send out um, Buckner for the 13th overall pick, you're going to get another elite pass-rushing defensive tackle on a cheaper contract. And contract management, I took that into consideration on a lot of these picks. And that's why I have, like, Zach Bond for the Ravens. Um and I'm making that decision here. I'm drafting Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma. This dude is a special, a special specimen. He's a, he's a twitchy athlete. Um, he's 6'3", 305, um, and he moves like a tight end. This guy ran a 4, a 4 40, I believe, which is insane for a defensive tackle. And he, he can flat out move, man. It, it's insane what he does. He's a very good pass rusher, great at using his hands to move guys out of the way. Um, he's not the kind of guy that – not the kind of defensive tackle where you would say, hey, I need you to, to fill gaps or fill two gaps at once. Or I'm not going to – you wouldn't ask him to say, hey, play three tech. You would ask him, hey, line it one-on-one and just beat the guy and get to the quarterback. That's the role he's going to play at the next level. I think that's the role he would play with San Francisco, and I think he would excel in that, in that defense. And, and one of the biggest reasons why the 49ers were so um, successful last year is their pass rush. Like their defensive, defensive line was amazing last year, and getting a guy like Neville Gallimore is it, going to help that defensive line uh, stay at, at, at an elite level. Um, so I think, I think this is a good pick here. I think they could also go with a guy like Antoine Winfield out of Minnesota, mm -hmm. who's a safety who can also play nickel corner. Um, 
but I just the contract management thing is big is is huge it's a huge deal to me. So I think replacing Buckner, the huge hole that he left with another elite pass rushing defensive tackle like Gallimore, is it's a smart decision here. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well that leaves us with one pick to go to finish out the first round, and that's the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs, they got some big needs. Uh, corner being one of them. And I'm taking my, the, my number five corner in this class, and Jeff Gladney out of TCU. Um, he's a very, very solid uh, man corner. Uh, he's got decent speed, um, but he's just very sticky in coverage. Doesn't give up a whole lot of targets. Um, he's physical, uses his hands. Um, he's good in zone good at reading the quarterback's eyes. He does give up underneath routes a little bit too often. He's a little bit too comfortable giving up underneath routes and giving up guaranteed yardage. Um, but like I said, he's very physical. He's not, a, he's, he's not afraid to come down and run support and make a tackle. Um, my one issue with him is that he gives up outside leverage too easily. He doesn't have um, as fluid of hips as you'd like in a man corner. And so he gives up outside leverage, and that and, and, and he gives up big plays too often. That's why he's here at 32. Um, but the Chiefs need a corner. They they lost uh, one of the, uh, they lost Kendall Fuller to the Redskins, and they need a man corner. They got Rashad Breland on a one year contract, so they need a guy that can step in, be a good man corner for for them. And Jeff Gladney's that guy. All right. Well, that takes care of the first round, uh, and I, I, I want to just I want to bring up three names that are right. still out there, and and I want you just to kind of uh, if you look over your teams, uh, uh, just tell me where they could have fallen, possibly uh, instead of who who was chosen. The big big name in the in the green room still is Justin Herbert, quarterback. Yeah, um, I was never going to put him in my first round. Okay. Yeah, I, ne- I never thought of him. Uh, right. And I- I'm just not a Herbert fan. Herbert to me is Mitchell, or Mitchell Trubisky with a little bit more juice, a little bit yeah. more, a little bit uh, better physical tools. But this guy is just too inconsistent for me. He's not a good deci- he's not a good decision maker. He's a slow processor. He doesn't throw with anticipation, and he'll make reads, but it's just way too late. And I'm like, dude, you gotta get the ball out quicker. And Oregon ran 23 percent of Oregon plays last year were screens, and he missed on a lot of them. Screens are layups. You you have to complete those passes, and he could not do that consistently enough. And then there were like one play. He would make a throw on the run that no, that no quarterback could even dream of making in their entire life, and then the next play he would overthrow a, an out route. And he's got some mechanical issues. His footwork is atrocious. His upper body mechanics are robotic at times. And the good is great with Herbert, but the bad, which happens way more often than the good, is awful. And I would not draft this guy in the second round. And first round, I, you mean? Or, yeah, I would not draft this guy in the first round. Yeah, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a top he's gonna be drafted in the top six picks. I'm telling you, it's a mistake. Yeah, this guy the, the the physical tools may be 
may be great and it may look great on on the highlights but he's way too inconsistent and he, he is the the i think he's gonna be i think he has the 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 biggest chance to be a bust out of the top four quarterbacks right. out of the top four consensus consensus quarterbacks gotcha okay all right name number two kenneth murray yeah, um, I like Murray. Like, I, I, I really do. I just, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of places he could go. He could go to the Saints, but pa- I had Patrick Quinn going there. I think Quinn's a much better linebacker because of instincts. Um, he could go to the Ravens, but the thing with him is his instincts. He and like I said earlier, he, he's just more of a guesser at this point. He, he needs some coaching. He's not as good at, in coverage as Patrick Queen. And so I have him falling in the second round. I love the guy. He's he's, a, he's his character is amazing. He has special needs siblings, and apparently he is really great with them. He spends a lot of time with them. So I like the guy off the field, um, and I like his physical traits on the field. Like his sideline, the sideline speed is very impressive, and he's a great tackler. He's a very physical linebacker. But if I'm asking him to be my inside linebacker, I'm not taking him in the first round. I'm just not. Like the, the the instincts are not there. He's got to improve in that department. I think if he does, he could be a very good linebacker at the next level. He's got to work on that. All right. So there's one position uh, that is not uh, on your uh, first round list, and that's running back. So I'm going to give you that third name, DeAndre Swift. Um. Yeah. I mean, I like Swift. I really do. But he's my third running back. Okay. I think he's running back number three. In this class, behind and behind uh, my number one is Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and easy like it's no competition. My number two is J.K. Dobbins. Edwards-Alaire is it's amazing what this guy can do, and I know he's small. He's five seven. I get that. I don't care. Like just watch him play. He plays with such incredible quickness and lateral agility. His his quickness and agility is incredible. Um, His ability to make cuts on a dime, it's special. He's got the best vision in the class. Um, And his ability to find holes and hit them, it's special. It really is. And he's he's the best route runner out of all the running backs. He's got great hands. Um, He's the best receiving back. He's going to be a three-down back, and he's going to be amazing day one in the NFL. I think you could take him – I think the Chiefs could take him um, at 32 mm-hmm. if they don't have, like, a corner available that they like. I think they could take Edwards, Edwards Alaire. I wouldn't because of the long speed. He ran a 4.640 in the combine, and his ability – he just doesn't have that ability to finish off, finish off big runs with touchdowns. So I wouldn't take him first round. I wouldn't take any of the running backs first round. Um, but Edwards Alaire is my number one running back. And Dobbins, he's an all-around back. He's a three-down back. Um, he's good at good in pass protection. He's he's solid. At, he's solid as a receiving back. He's got better vision than DeAndre Swift. He's better at hitting holes, and he has better like his ability to finish off runs with touchdowns is better than DeAndre Swift. And that's my main I- issue with Swift. When he hits a hole and he, he's got daylight in front of him, he gets caught from behind way too often for me to put him in my top two running backs. He's very elusive in open space. His ability to stop on a dime 
and change directions and make guys miss, it's special. And that's why I like Swift so much. It's why he's in my top three, but he doesn't have the greatest vision. There's times where he's not patient enough. Like when he is patient and he reads what's in front of him, he's amazing. I wish I saw that more often from him. Um, But Swift is a three down back. And so I would take him in the first two rounds. I think he can be a quality three down back in the NFL. I just, this is a really, really good running back class. Mm-hmm. And the long speed and, and and the vision is just not up to par for me. That's why I have Swift at number three um, in my running back rankings. But Swift is a good player. I like Swift. Um, he he can affect the game in all aspects. Like he's a good a good pa- pass blocker. He's a good receiving back. He's he's a good running back. But the vision and the ability to finish off uh, big runs with touchdowns isn't there, and that's why I have him out of my first round. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Um, you know, we're, we're just so hungry as sports fans yeah. uh, for something to, uh, for some kind of event to take place and the draft tomorrow is going to represent that. I think between the, the Jordan documentary coming out this past Sunday and then the draft tomorrow night, uh, we sports fans are kind of uh, getting, getting a little taste of some, uh, some sports that we've been missing for the last uh, several weeks. So yeah. uh, I, I tip my hat to you, uh, man, you really know your stuff. You've done a lot of work. Uh, you've done your homework. Thank you. Uh, and uh, this is a pretty impressive uh, first round that you've proposed. Uh, I'm going to get you to get me a copy of this list so I can kind of compare uh, your, your picks with the actual picks that take place tomorrow night. So I'm going to let you kind of finish this up. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. What about you? Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Like, I think this is going to be one of the most crazy and un- like there's going to be a lot of things that happen tomorrow night that are unexpected. Uh, I think it's going to be the, one of the most exciting drafts in a while. It's going to be so much fun. And there's so much talent in this draft that you're going to have to watch all, all like the, uh, Thursday and Friday night, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be there to watch it because there's gonna be a lot of talent drafted. I'm excited. Um, before we finish off the pod, I do want to talk about one guy, and that's Xavier McKinney, um, safety from Alabama, and Ashton Davis, a safety from Cal, who I, I love both of these guys. And McKinney is my number four safety. He, he's the number one safety for a lot of people. The reason I don't have him in my first round is really. His, his physical traits. He's more of a strong safety. He can play in the box. He's a very good tackler and a very good blitzer. But he ran a 4-6-40 at the combine. You cannot ask him to cover elite tight ends like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. You cannot ask him to cover running backs. You can't ask him to go back in deep in, in a deep third and cover speedy receivers like Tyreek Hill or like um, Julio Jones, uh, those kind of guys. And so I think it limits what he can do, his speed. Um, He's very instinctive. I think it's a very good strong safety, and he'll be very good in the box. But his speed just decreases his value, in my opinion. That's why I don't have him in the second round. And Ashton Davis is is my number three safety in the class. This dude uh, went to Cal on a track scholarship, walked on to the football team, and that track speed shows on the football field. He's got elite speed. 
and he's got fluid hips. He does not get beaten deep. Um, and he's got a little bit of versatility as well. He can play in the box. Doesn't have great physicality. Um, I don't think he has the physicality to be used in run support all the, that often. Um, but you can ask him to play deep, and he will not get beat by anybody, including a Tyreek Hill. He's got the he's got the fluidity in his hips, and he's got the speed to keep up with guys. And he's he's got a lot of he's um a powerful hitter. Like if if a receiver comes into his area, he's gonna pop them with a lot of power. I like that about him. Um, Justin Herbert probably has him in his nightmares because he, he made him pay in that game. Had had a pick, uh, and he made him pay for some late raid, late reads that Herbert made in that game. I like Davis a lot. I think he would be a great fit in Miami, um, but obviously I didn't have him go in there. I think Davis is worth a first-round selection. I do. I just couldn't find the perfect fit. That's why he's not there. Um, McKinney. I would not take him first round, and it's because of the physical traits. They're just not up to par with, with my my um, my top three guys. And that that reminds me, I, I need to talk about Antoine Winfield. He's a safety out of Minnesota who is a beast. He's a son of former NFL player Antoine Winfield Sr. This guy is 5'9", but he plays like he's six, six feet tall. He is a playmaker. Um, he has a knack for finding the ball finding the ball and just forcing turnovers he's a ball hawk he led he led uh, the NCAA in picks last year he's a very good tackler he can play in the box um, he can play in deep zone he, he can play nickel corner he can do a lot of things I think he he could possibly go to the 49ers at 31 or to the Chiefs at 32. I think he's worth a first round pick I just couldn't find the perfect fit. That's why he wasn't in my first round. I mean, I could, I think the uh, Jaguars could take him at 20. I really do. I, I love him a lot. Um, he's one of my favorite prospects in the entire draft. And I don't care about the size. Like, if you can play football, you can play. And that guy can play football. So I wanted to talk about those guys because those were some notable names that I didn't have in the first round. Um and Davis and Winfield Jr. could, could are definitely first round picks in my opinion, but yeah. So that does it for me. That's all I wanted to talk about. Is there anybody else you wanted me to touch up on, talk about that I didn't have in the first round? No, I uh, uh, I, I guess the uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else. Um, of course, you're gonna probably see that second tier of quarterbacks. You know, I know we don't have Herbert picked in that first round, but you're gonna have like a uh, a J, uh, you know, Jacob Eason uh, type or uh, a, a running back, a Jonathan Taylor is still out there. Uh, those, those kind of, I, you know, I think second, third round is, is going to be full of talent. I mean, it's, it's just, this draft uh, is, is just uh, stacked with, with talent. So I, I think you're going to see second, third round guys that are going to be contributors fairly quickly in the NFL. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest gripes with Justin Herbert is that he ne- he didn't really improve in college over the last three years. And so uh, one guy that does not have that issue is Jalen Hurts. So yeah, I would not be surprised to see him drafted even as high as like late first round. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers mm-hmm. said, hey, we don't like any of these quarterbacks available, um, uh, assuming two was off the board. We're going to go with an offensive tackle, Isaiah Simmons. And I wouldn't be surprised to see if they trade up 
to 31 for the 40 for the 49ers pick and drafted Jalen Hurts. Right. Now, Hurts isn't an amazing quarterback, but he improved every year throughout his college career. Um, he became he was so accurate last year. He he was one of the most accurate passers throwing deep down the field. He's got that mobility. Um, he does hold on to the ball too long, and he's not a quick processor, which is why I, I'm not a huge fan of him. But I would not see him. I would not be. I would not be surprised to see him picked very high. Um, maybe day one or day two. Sounds good. Yeah, that's pretty uh, much it. Anything huh? else? Anything else? No, that's it, man. You you uh, you've covered it all. So I've, yeah. I've I've learned a lot just listening to you tonight. I, I appreciate the education. Oh yeah, that was so much fun, um, man. That was really fun. I'm glad we did this. Me too. And let's uh, send me a copy of your picks so I can uh, I can keep score tomorrow night. Oh, it, it will not be accurate at all. Like, <laughs> like, like it's gonna, my picks are gonna get ruined at like five, at like four possibly, but uh, well, especially okay. later in the first round. But um, I'm not trying to be right. I'm just. Um, this is a test of my abilities as an evaluator. That's what but, I see it as. Well, a lot of times it takes uh, two or three years. Uh, you need to hold on to these uh, picks. Oh, yeah. And uh, two or three years from now, uh, you might can look back and say, well, you know, this team should have picked who I had had them picking, you know? Right. Instead yeah. of who they did pick. Because, you know, you know, there, there are going to be disappointments in this first round. Yeah. And then there are going to be surprises. So, uh uh, it'll be interesting to to hold on to that for two or three years and then go back and, and see see what you did. So yeah, um, this is, like like I said, it's not going to be accurate to what happens, but I, I'm I'm pretty confident um, that I did that I made some good decisions on on scheme fits and um, my talent evaluation. I, I think th this is probably the best that I could have done. Um, the 49ers pick, I think you could have gone Gallimore or a corner or a safety like Antoine Winfield. Um, so that was a toss-up. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really like this first round. I think, I think it's good. Well, we, uh, we shall see. So I think we're all anxious. And uh, this time tomorrow night, we will uh, be uh, deep into the first round, and uh, we'll, we'll see how these uh, picks turn out. Yep. Yeah, this is fun. All right, buddy. Enjoyed it. Yep. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, buddy. Enjoyed it. Always.